श्रीला गुरुदेव की जाए श्रीमान महाप्रभु की जाए श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जाए ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जाए श्री ब्राह्मर गीत की जाए गौर भक्त वृंद की जाए गुरु प्रमान हरि बो सो गुड मॉर्निंग टू ऑल ऑफ यू प्रणाम वेलकम एंड थैंक यू वेरी मच फॉर योर प्रेजेंस एसोसिएशन टुडे वी आर कंटिन्यू विद आवर सीरीज ऑफ लेक्चर्स कंसर्निंग Brahmari Gita the song of the bumblebee and today we are in our 6th meeting uh, where we will be officially starting with the very first verse of this song we have had five introductory meetings trying to give a little bit of context to the particular situation in which this song is has been presented by Sri Radha hmm? all this in the context of krishna leaving braj going to mathura and all that transpires in connection to the brajabasi san krishna as well in mathura so today we are in our sixth meeting we will be starting with the very first verse of the brahmar gita verse number 12 of chapter 47 of 10th canto of the bhagavat but as usual we will make some brief recap of our last session at last meeting where we studied the very first 11 verses of 40 chapter 47 a, li- a little bit of an introduction of udav meeting the gopis in braj before this as we know udav had arrived to to vrindavan he had spent the whole night speaking harikatha with nandan jashoda and witnessing the degree of their batsalya babu the overflowing of their batsalya and after the whole night passed in this way we know that udav met the gopis the next day in the morning very morning in the context of his delivering a message to them this is also part of a genre of poetry called dutakabya we share some words last class about that the different ingredients of dutakabya a type of poetry poetic work that implies a duta or a messenger So Udav met the gopis who were quite in an emaciated situation in the morning and they were as Udav was surprised of course but witnessing the degree of uh, separation they were also surprised with seeing Udav who was really very similar to Krishna in, in many senses he was wearing Krishna's remnants prasadic clothes prasadic garland physically speaking he was quite similar because of his absorption in sri krishna from his very childhood so may and he had one letter in his hand remember that krishna sent something with his own handwriting for the gopis in particular so all this took the gopis to become really curious and surround udav <clears throat> expecting certain news some message from krishna for each of them So that's the scene that the Bhagavatam describes in the beginning of this 47th chapter meanwhile in the background Sri Radha Thakurani has passed out his uh immersed if you will in in a trance of separation 
all everything is going on in her inside and in her outside she seems like as if dead basically mm -hmm. losing consciousness and the goop is trying to revive her on the verge of death mm -hmm. so after this mm -hmm, the Bhagavatam shares some of the words, some of the words of the gopis who, which starts, who start to express their ecstatic love, for sure. But in terms of sarcasm, irony, and all these types of un unusual ways of expressing love for Krishna, at least unusual for Uddhav. Mm. So they start to use sarcasm. Okay, he sent you as a messenger, but for sure the message is mostly for his parents not so much for us, and he's sending a message to his parents, so people does not start speaking bad about him, saying, oh, he does not even care for his parents, and so on. But what about us? He doesn't care for us, and so on. And then the gopis continue developing their presentation by speaking how friendship in this world is generally motivated by some degree of selfishness. Whatever relationship here, the bird going to the tree, picking the fruit, a student taking knowledge from the teacher, a man taking pleasure from a lady. But once one receives one, the thing that one was hankering for, one leaves that other person. So the gopis give different examples and implying with this Krishna did the same with us. He took uh, whatever he liked from us, like a bumblebee, taking the pollen, the nectar from the lotus flower, and then he went to other flowers in Mathura, Mathura Puri. <clears throat> So again, Udav is witnessing this <clears throat> new way, new new uh, flavor of Harikata, if you will. He's witnessing this new type of association, this new idea of Sadhu Sangha and Harikata. It was totally unthinkable, unthinkable for him before. Mm. So he's there with the mission of trying to pacify the Brajavasis, but he's witnessing a new type of Prem. Mm. So he's quite bewildered about what to say, what not to say, <laughs> and how to process all that he's seeing, because he sees. They have a very unique type of love for Krishna, that's for sure, but not because he's God, but in a very particular type of mamata, possessiveness, that is being born from a totally obsessed and passionate way of relating to him, that is unknown to me. Mm -hmm. So, in his attempt of trying to perform his mission and pacify the gopis, in this case, he will suggest to the gopis, you may meditate, you may calm your mind, stop being so emotional, if you will. And the gopis will ask him, how, what's that about? What's meditation? How one, how one meditates? So, he will say, well, you, can, you have to use your mind. And the gopis immediately have an answer for that. Our mind does not belong to us anymore. It's not with us. <laughs> it has gone with Manohar, Morli Manohar. So we do not belong to ourselves any, lo any longer anymore. Mm -hmm. And they start to cry and cry and cry in, in between. Mm -hmm. And Radha in the background, as we mentioned, for moments she will return to external consciousness, some sort of that, and speak some crazy stuff, if you will, and lose consciousness again, faint again, and go back. So all this scenario combined was really bewildering to Udav. As we mentioned, this section is called sometimes not only Brahmargit, but Udav's Sandesh, and we could say Udav's short-circuiting. So at one point of this coming and going of Sri Radha, one bumblebee appears on the scene. 
And one of the gopis, the Bhagavata says, not mentioning the name of Radha directly, and we explain why the Bhagavatam is not mentioning the name of Radha at any single part of the whole book, but the whole book is about her, ultimately. <laughs> so Shirada took this bumblebee as a messenger in the madness of her divine mad, divine uh, love, she started to speak in divine mad to the bumblebee. Hmm. Although she was also instructing Udav through the speaking of to the bumblebee. Hmm. So this will be what we call Brahmar Gita or the song of the bumblebee, hmm. which is, we could say, one of the most mysterious and secret sections of the Bhagavatam, very cryptic. Hmm very difficult to understand because again it's Sri Radha in the topmost peak of divine madness expressing as she if, if she is chastising Krishna as she if, if she's showing something too many things too many negative things to say about Krishna but the background of all that that constitutes the topmost praise of Bhagavan strictly speaking as we will see <laughs> so today we will be officially starting this Brahma Gita and again hopefully all this experience helped us to witness one of the most uh, astonishing um, expressions of divine love. As we remember, hopefully in the verse, first, first class I mentioned, all these main Gitas of the Bhagavatam, Gopi Gita, Pranaya Gita, Jugal Gita, Venu Gita, Biraha Gita, and Brahma Gita, all of them depict different types of separation that the gopis are experiencing from Krishna. There are four main types of vipralamba or separation in romantic love. I won't go into detail with all of them. Purvarag, Man, Prabhas and Prembaichitya. So here we have Prabhas. Prabhas has to do with uh, reciting far. Basa means residence and pra refers to not nearby basically. So this Prabhas has two varieties. An intentional separation and separation which Krishna arranges intentionally. And intentional separation has also two varieties, which means going to a short distance, like for example Krishna going on, on a daily basis to the forest with the cows and so on, and going at a great, greater distance, like, like this case, Sudura Prabhash call also, like going to Mathura, to another city altogether, not to a nearby forest. So in this case, remember, we are in the context of Brahma Gita. Shirada in particular is expressing this type of Prabhas. So Brahma Gita, as I mentioned, Brahma means bumblebee, but also Vishwanath Chakrabartakur explains in his Ujjbal Nilamani that Brahma refers to a bee, to a bumblebee, or to a lasty person. Remember, there is a lot of parallels here. The bumblebee going from flower to flower, taking as much pollen as he likes and leaving the flower, exploiting the flower, if you will, and continuing his journey. So similarly, a lasty boy, a womanizer, if we will, Krishna is Lampata, famous for that in Braj, <laughs> he goes from one to one flower, of course, all this in the context of tasting Bhakti Rasa, which is really different than to speak about the lasty person in this world. Krishna is lasty, but the, the word last in, in, in connection to him has nothing to do with the lasting connection to us as Jivas. Over and over again, we need to re-establish this idea inside of us. When we speak that the gopis have come for Krishna, Kama Rupa Bhakti, and Krishna is known as Kama Dev, the word Kama appears over and over again in the Braja Lila in connection to the gopis and Krishna. 
this is a particular type of calm, which is actually Kambijaya, which is victory over mundane lust and the establishing of supreme lust that actually represents the topmost form of selfless dedication, which takes the form of the opposite of that, because that's the nature of love. It tends to hide itself. Especially when we speak about romanticism, everything is indirect in that realm. <laughs> so we need to pay very close attention not to misunderstand what this Madhurya Bhav is about, what this Radha Bhav is about. So Brahma has to do with these two ideas again, Bumblebee or Lusty Boy. So Brahma Gita could be Shirada instructing the, the Bumblebee that she took as a messenger of Krishna, or rather instructing Krishna through Uddhav, because on one level, Uddhav, she, she's, she, she's Swayam Bhagavati, she's the Supreme, and she's omniscient, and she knows Uddhav is coming with a message from Krishna, and she, he will send Krishna some message back from us, so here's my message, here's my instruction. So Krishna receives these names, today in this verse we will see this idea also with the name Madhupati, Krishna has a lot of names in connection with Madhu, Madhusudan, for example. Madhusudan, Sanatan Goswami explains one verse from the Bhagavad, saying that Madhusudan, as we know, has many connotations, the killer of Madhu, the enemy of Madhu. But also, he says, Madhusudan is the name of a bee, a particular type of bee, which is well known for his rapacious nature, of greedily connecting honey from many lotus flowers. Lowlem, lots of lowlem, lots of greed there. Not only enough, one, two flowers, but as much as I can. And Sanatan Prabhu will say, and another Madhusudan known as Krishna, he took from the gopis and he makes some grammatical expression here with Madhu Sudayati. Sudayati means to ruin. So he took from the gopis and ruined all their honey, all their Madhu. So Madhusudan is another name from Krishna, the ruiner of the gopis' honey, if you will. In other words, he took all their attractive, enjoyable qualities. Of course, he has the right to do so. <laughs> he sniffed the gopis' love, love like a bee, basically. He stole everything they had, basically. He left them proprietor-less, if you will. So, today we will find this type of conversation of Madhusudan, the Brahmar, the bumblebee, and Sri Radha. And a bumblebee represented in many ways, as we will see, Krishna reminding Sri Radha, acting as Udipana for Sri Radha Thakurani. This conversation actually took place in one section of Braj. We One can go there if one has the fortune of engaging in Braj Mandal Parikram, called Udav Kyari. So there is a very big open space there, outdoor, where Braj Basis go daily to play and do different things. And there was one spot there which is as a, there as a reminder of this particular conversation, Udav Kyari. <clears throat> so again, the bee appeared on a scene, Shirada was in the midst of fully absorbing her Divion mat, and the bee was greedily as a bee, I mean, we can take it, it is as a bee, it's not necessarily a messenger of Krishna, that's Radha's ecstatic subjective reading of the situation, but the bee is attracted to the lotus fragrance of the lotus feet of Lotus likes Radha. <clears throat> so, started to, bu to buzz in that direction, and Sri Radha started to reply while seeing the bumblebee approaching here. And she will ignore Uddhav altogether. Remember, Uddhav was the central figure 
one second before the bumblebee appeared <laughs> and all the gopis were surrounding him, but suddenly a bumblebee appeared and Sri Radha was lying on another section and the whole attention was put in this direction now. The whole discourse and interaction has no longer Udav as the main character, but he became a student. Remember, we are in Braj, the school of love. Shirada is the director there. Mm-hmm. So Udav is just trying to enter into his first admission exam test. So he's witnessing. Mm-hmm. Udav just rather speaking to the bumblebee and speaking to Udav through the bumblebee for sure. Mm-hmm. And speaking quite harshly, as we know, criticizing. Krishna will be in this Brahma Gita. Krishna will be abused and criticized from tip to toe, upside down, inside out, mm, by Sri Radha Thakurani, Vrindavaneshwari. She can do that. Mm, only she can do that to that degree. <laughs> mm, and Radha will be completely delusional, in a, of course, um, transrational sense, mm, in Divyan Mat, and in Chitra Jalpa. And that's an important word that I would like to mention briefly before starting officially with today's verse, Chitra Jalpa. Chitra Jalpa is basically defined as mad talk. In Shirupa Goswami Sujbal Nilamani we find a definition of Chitra Jalpa, which has is defined as the excessive chatter which arises out of a great deep anger in the presence of a friend of the lover, Uda, filled with various bhavas, and finally ending with intense longing. All this put all this in conjunction is called Chitra Jalpa. So as we see, Chitra Jalpa is not just one thing, one ingredient. As we will say, Bhakti Rasa is not one thing. It's Stai Bhav, Bibhav, Anubhav, Satvikabhav, Bhyabhichari Bhav. All of them combined together in a particular way, in a particular degree, properly done, that gives us a result, Bhakti Rasa. So Chitra Jalpa has to do with different ingredients of the preparation combining the proper quantity and quality. So we'll find so many astonishing emotions being expressed, all of them in the context of love of Krishna. So this, again, is happening in the topmost peak of Prem. Generally, Prem, to speak about Prem already represents something high, of course, and generally we say Prem is the goal of life, Mm, that will be the official reply. What's the goal of life? Prem. But still, the idea of Prem is a generic conception. Mm. When Ramananda Roy said to Mahaprabhu, the ultimate sadhya is Prem, he said, okay, but still it's a generic notion. So from Prem we have so many developments. Sneha, Man, Pranaya, Raga, Nurag, Bhav, Mahabhav. When we reach this, seb- this last stage of Prem, Mahabhav, we find the two further conditions there. Rudha Mahabhav and then Adiruddha Mahabhav. And then Adiruddha Mahabhav is divided in two types. Modana and Madana. And it is said that this Modana, Adiruddha Mahabhav, becomes Mohana, Adiruddha Mahabhav, in the condition of separation. Sorry for so many new terms. But just to become for a minute aware and astonished about... <laughs> However, Goswami have described so much in detail the world of love. So, Adiruddha Mahabhav divides in two, Modana, Ma, Madana, and Modana in separation becomes Mohana. Mohana, Adiruddha Mohana Mahabhav. So when this ecstatic component of Mohana progresses and, and, and thickens and condenses, it, 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 it becomes similar to bewilderment. 
and in this state all the sattvic abhaps, all the different existential ecstasies, if you will, become manifest to their utmost degree of brilliancy, to say. And this is called sudipta. Sudipta means extremely brilliant. All of this is shining to the utmost degree. And this Brahma Gita will be one example of that. All this topmost condition also receives the name of Divya Unmad. Divya Unmad means divine madness, basically. So it's, it sounds like madness, and it is madness, but this type of madness is in the context of reality. Reality in the, the center is in place. So this type of madness constitutes the topmost level of sobriety, basically. <laughs> mm -hmm. And this Divyan Mad or Divine Madness also has further expressions of Udgurna, which has to do with unsteadiness or constant change of emotions, as we will see along the verse of Brahma Gita and Chitra Jalpa, the word that we were speaking, a variety of mad emotional talks. Mm -hmm. So this Chitra Jalpa, mad emotional talks, are generally divided in ten in ten ways. Ten it has ten divisions. Interestingly, Brahma Gita has ten verses. So each one of the verses of the Brahma Gita will correspond with one of these ten types of Chitra Jalpa. So we will be indicating them which one per pertains to each verse. Prajalpa, Parijalpa, Sanjalpa, this Jalpa and that Jalpa. Hmm? So this Brahma Gita is the example per excellence of Chitra Jalpa. Sometimes it is called even Chitra Jalpa Bachan, which has to do with this discourse on the basis of mm, uh, divine madness, mad emotional lectures, talks. So each one of these verses of the Brahma Gita Srirada will change her mood, her bhav, in one direction, in another direction, all of them in the context of abusing Krishna. But that abusing of Krishna is, as we all see, <laughs> supremely tasteful. And it's uh, showing clearly the supremacy of, of her love. Mm. Only she can say what she's saying. She has the right to say that because she has so much love for her. Mm. So, that said, let's go to, the, <laughs> to today's verse. Um, I'll share, I will be sharing the verses on, on the chat here. I will ask a favor to some of you, any of you who may be connected here in Zoom, if you can share this verse that I'm sharing in the chat now, in, in the thread of Facebook that I'm doing the streaming, please. So, I will, <clears throat> I will recite the verse for all of you. It says like this. <clears throat> um, so, the verses in this verse and all the verses in the Brahma Gita are in a chanda or a meter called Malini, Malini Chanda, which is not usual in the Puranas, but in the Srimad Bhagavat Purana it appears, especially in this section Brahma Gita is famous because every single verse of the Brahma Gita is in Malini Chanda. So it starts with, of course, put it in context, who is speaking this and says, Gopi Uba Cha. The gopi say, we already explained who is the gopi, or one gopi, or that gopi. So the verse says, Madhupakitava bhandu masprishangrim shapatnya kuchabilulita malakum kumashmasrubirna 
ಮಹಾತ್ಮಾಧುಪಾತಿಷ್ಟನ್ಮಾಸ್ಯದುತಸ್ತಾಧಿಕ್ಸೈಟ್ಸ್ಯದುತಸ್ತಾಧಿಕ
the logic behind it all. So Bahatu Madhupatis, Bahatu then say Bahatu means let him bring. Like like we'll continue with the idea. Madhupati. Madhupati is a way of referring to Krishna, which on one level could be a praise to him, you are the Lord of Mathura, the Lord of, of this transcendental great city, you are a great Lord, but also as we will see Madhupati also is an insult to Krishna, the Lord of intoxication or Lord of drunks. Tanmanini nam prasadam. So tanmanini nam means to the woman, tanmanini nam. Prasadam means mercy. So let him bring, let he give mercy to those ladies. Let he do whatever he likes. Jadu sadasi vidambyam jasya dutas tvamidrik. What will happen by himself continuing acting in such particular way? He will become, Jadus Sadasi, has to do with the royal assembly of the Jadus, Bidambyam. He will be an object of ridicule in that particular assembly. And Jasya Dutas Amidrik, with such a messenger like you, basically, you, you, you will be ridiculed in the Jadus assembly by you coming in this way with your whiskers showing such an evidence. And, and your master itself, as we will see, will put you to ridicule and he himself will be put to ridicule because of his own behavior. So from beginning to end of this verse and all of the rest, Shirada will speak again in divine madness, criticizing Krishna through the bumblebee and Uddha will be witnessing all this and learning a lot. So Shirada here is, she conjectured. No? She said, okay, this, this bumblebee, when she saw a bumblebee, immediately she made this connection. This bumblebee, she's absorbed in Krishna. She's absorbing Krishna without interruption. Try to imagine that on some level at least. <laughs> so everything is connected to Krishna. Everything at the, on the topmost possible level. So she sees a bumblebee that immediately means this bumblebee is coming from Mathura and is humming, hmm, buzzing and shaking its head. So it must be Krishna's messenger. Intuitively she connects all this in this direction. So he's coming for some purpose. So then she thought first I was called this be. So then she spoke, starts speaking this verse. So very first thing she says, again, it's O Madhupa, or you, um, Bumblebee, Kitava Bandhu. She qualifies the Bumblebee as a friend of a cheater, like acknowledging, I know you are coming in his name. So she calls the Bumblebee friend of the cheater, friend of the deceitful one, and then Shirada starts to enumerate the reasons why Krishna should be called a cheater. Basically, so one of the things is that Krishna, as we know, he promised to the gopis and to the, all the Brajavasis, I will return. And especially to the gopis, he says so many nice things, which we know they are not flattering, they are his real feeling, but in their ecstasy, the gopis will take them in this particular context. Krishna saying, Nabariyam, Nirabhadyasanjayam, she prays our loves, he prays our love, saying, I cannot pay back that. I have done. I have given you up. It's my injustice. You have surrendered to me in the topmost level. It's impossible for me to repay. Or when he was taken from, out from Braj by Akrura, Krishna sent messengers to us gopis who were dying of separation. And in this message he was saying, I'm coming quickly from Mathura. So here the implication of Sri Radha is because all these statements are false, Krishna can be called a cheater. Again, we, we know it's not they are not false, but in their ecstasy, in, she, in her ecstasy, sorry, she is feeling Krishna never returned. 
in this particular prakash that the gopis are experiencing separation, remember, we have the other aprakat prakash where there is permanent union there at the same time. So Sirada, in this particular window, she's expressing the topmost ecstasy of separation, which is another form of union, as we know, another way of emotional thickening in, in, their, in her inner self. So she says, because all these statements are false, false Krishna never follow his word, he can be, Krishna call, can be called a cheater. And you, be Bumblebee, you are a friend of the cheater. And, and as a friend, you are playing the role of the messenger. So disappear from my side, do not touch my feet. Mm-hmm. So Shirat is implying all this. Why do you come from Mathura? You are acting so brushly in front of me. Mm-hmm. Just go away to the forest. You are Kita Babandu again, friend of the cheater. Why? How would you come flying so freely in front of us, such delicate ladies in such a particular situation? And you enter into our assembly as if you have a pure heart. And again, all this is being taken by Udav, who is the actual messenger in this whole dynamics. So Shura is saying to the bumblebee, go away, I'm not friend of cheaters, I don't like to be friend of cheaters, and you cannot cheat me. Do not present any pretenses, you are coming with message from that cheater. And, and you are friend of a cheater, so one should conclude that the friend of a cheater has doubled the, the cheating propensity. So you are double cheater here. So, so Krishna is a cheater, a cheater of all cheaters, and he's taking the help of another cheater now trying to bring some message. So stop all this cheating. We don't want any cheating. <laughs> the Bhagavatam rejects all cheating from the very beginning. Dharma Prahito Kaitavo. So here Shirad is establishing this in topmost degree <laughs> in the context of, of Lila. And then Shirada finding some further fault, she's frowned, it said, and she said, Oh, Bumblebee, you now enjoy drinking. You are Madhupa. Madhupa means also drunkard. So you enjoy drinking because your master is Madhupati. So Madhupati again can mean the master of Madhupuri, master of Mathura, or can be the master of Madhu, of honey, of liquor, the lord of drunkards, the istadev of all drunkards, basically. So in this way she's criticizing Krishna from tip to toe. So I'm thinking again, she became further inspired and say well basically your relationship between your you and your master your relationship as master and servant is quite appropriate because he's the master of drunkards and you are a drunkard you are a madhupa and he's a madhupati so this is well established the two of you are famous and will remain famous as the maintainer and the maintained the master and the servant the lord of drunkards and the drunkard Madhupa, Madhupati. Here, <clears throat> Shirad in this first verse uses the term Manininam to refer to the ladies, referring to the rival ladies, competing ladies, the Mathura basis, the ladies in Mathura, the city woman that Krishna has enjoyed. And she expresses herself here in the plural tense to indicate that actually Sanatana Goswami mentions this in his. Uh, the plural here is to indicate that after pleasing one lady, Krishna will go to another lady, and then he will go to another lady. So Shirada says here, let him do that, let him go and touch their feet. What do we have to do with him? So by saying that, Shirada is showing disrespect. This is will be one of the many 
emotions that will be expressed through Chitra Jalpa, disrespect. All the things that we learn as sadhakas are unbecoming in our life, what to speak, addressing Krishna as such, unbecoming in our dealings with any living entity. Here Shirada is directing them with full force to Bhagavan, of course, to her lover, in the context, again, of Prem, as a sattvikava, as an ecstatic symptom. So again, this is a byproduct of her love. In this plane, all those things are a byproduct of our lack of love. So externally may seem the same, but actually it's prakrita and aprakrita. So we have full circle from conditioned life, as we know, to transcendence, overtly transcendental adokshaya, and to aprakrita. Apparently mundane again, but supra-transcendental. So here we find one of those peaks in this connection. So you rather showing disrespect, saying again, he's Madhupati, he's the lord of the jadus, but also he's a master of intoxication. That's another insult. He has no sense of friendship, like an intoxicated person. You cannot expect deep, deep friendship from someone like him. So let him do whatever he likes. His actions will be laughed at in the assembly of, of the jadus eventually. Because again, you are coming in his name, you are carrying the kumkum on your whiskers. So all this is showing Krishna's own lack of shame, basically, in dealing with women. This is indicated in, in you. You as a messenger, you are sharing that message, sharing that testimony, how shameless he is. <laughs> because why? And you are shameless as a result of that, because the quality of the master is transferred to the servant, basically. Birds of the same feather flock together. <laughs> we are a product of the environment. <laughs> so, you have come apparently to pacify us, but you are bringing the kumkum of our rivals on your whiskers. So, I mean, that's the worst thing you could possibly do, basically, Shuraz is in play. And this shows your lack of intelligence. This shows you are intoxicated as your master. The master is controlled by woman, by intoxication in that connection, and the servant follows. So all this imitation you are performing, O Bumblebee, that will be mocked in the assembly of the Jadus. So Shirada implies these two levels of mocking. The Jadus will mock you yourself as a Bumblebee, so-called messenger, and, Ra and Krishna's own achar, or according to Radha, will be sudurachar. <laughs> Very bad behavior. So, in, one mo in this moment, Shirada will is thinking, well, the bumblebee is trying to touch my feet to pacify me, because she knows I'm quite enraged. So she's trying somehow to pacify me. And I remember, all this applies to Udav. Udav is the one who is the real messenger. Udav is the one who is trying to pacify the gopis. Krishna asks him, please, especially pacify, of course, my parents, but especially the gopis. And we could say even more especially, as we have shared according to the Udav Sandesh of Rupa Goswami, more especially Shirada. So this this is the ultimate topmost mission for Udav. But we'll see now in which conditions Shirada is finding, how she's re replying to that attempt of pacification, if you will. She's speaking to the bumblebee, but again, all this is falling on Udav's back. <laughs> So when Shirada thinks, oh, the bumblebee is trying to touch my feet in order to pacify my anger, and it's flying to my two nails, because it is said that, again, the bumblebee will mistake Radha's two nails with 
Rangana flowers, different type of flowers, because of the red color as well, the lac painted on her feet. So she will say here to the bumblebee, do not touch my feet. Mm -hmm. We girls here in Brach, we are proud and independent. Bhamyabhav, she rather is showing her, her left wing side up to the extreme. So we won't be pacified by such things. What can, what can touching the feet will do? I mean, so with this attitude, she rather is showing pride. Another of the sattvic abhavs, and another of these qualities that again, that I mentioned, we generally hear, they are so unbecoming for sadhakas. Do not be proud. <laughs> but actually, this is real humility, even though it plays itself out in the form of pride, in the form of disrespect. So again, this requires, again, lots of mercy to really penetrate the mysteries of Radha's speech. Mm-hmm. So all here is sattvic about whatever comes transpires through Sri Radha is a sattvic about. We have to have that in mind always. Whatever is expressed through Nitya Siddha is a sattvic about. It's a symptom of his existential ecstatic condition. It has nothing to do with anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, Sri Radha here is thinking Udab also is doing the same. I mean, on some level, we could say Sri Radha is imposing the form of the bee on Udav. Imagine Udav as a bee, you know, like some form of blurring, of merging, the messenger Udav, the bumblebee, because Udav is trying to pacify her again. Hmm. So she's speaking to the bumblebee officially, telling you are a shameless messenger, do not touch my feet. And in this way, the whole discourse started. But again, when Udav is hearing all this, try to enter into his shoes, she rather speaking like a mad woman to the bumblebee. Udav is wondering, is Radha speaking to me, actually? Is she telling all that to me? Because everything, whatever she's saying to the bumblebee, perfectly applies to me, because I am the messenger of Krishna. She's insulting the bumblebee as a messenger of Krishna, but I am the messenger of Krishna. Because she rather is telling to the bumblebee, I know that Krishna sent you here to pacify me, and actually all that falls again on Udav's back. So as we mentioned before, Shirada, of course, is in total deviant mad, chitra jalpa, divine madness, crazy talk. But simultaneously, she remains Swayam Bhagavati. Sri Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan. And even though he is totally bewildered in Braj by the force of Swarup Shakti, he remains omniscient, omnipotent, and some part of some section, all that layered, buried under the layers and layers of, of Bhakti. So similarly, Shirada, Krishna Swayam Bhagavan, Shirada Swayam Bhagavati. So one of one side of her is intoxicated by Prem and speaking crazy stuff to the bumblebee, but some other part, she she's God, if you will. She's Purna Shakti. She's omniscient and she's instructing Uda, knowing what has Uda in mind. So all this happens simultaneously. So let's go to Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur Sarartha Darshini. As you know, this is a very special section. This will take me some minutes, so please bear with me. As you know, Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, he shares in famous, very unique, in-between dialogues. In between each verse, he visualizes different conversations that are being happening simultaneously. So he will share an in, a very interesting interaction along the whole Brahma Gita be, between Sri Radha and the Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. So Srila Chakravarti Pad begins his purpose saying that the bee making a buzzing sound, as we mentioned, 
seemed to say to Surada, what is this? You, you will not off let me offer obeisances to you? Because again, the bumblebee was trying to do so. So Surada will reply to the bumblebee in this verse, you are Madhupa, or you are the one who drinks liquor, Miss Madhupa. By contact with intoxicants, my feet will become impure. If you just want to offer obeisances, do that from far off, basically. Like implying, you are drunk, if you touch my feet, my feet will become polluted by your intoxication. So, remain far off from me. So, according to Vishwanath, the bee, the bumblebee, seemed to reply, Why are you accusing me of being drunk? I have no fault, I'm just a bumblebee. And Shirada will retort to that, that this is not an accusation. This is the very factual truth. Truth. Do not touch me with your whiskers, which are tinged again with the kumkum coming from the garland, from another woman's breast, which has been crushed by contact with Krishna's chest. So again, all this is in the context of Krishna being with other ladies, as Shirada expressing jealousy. And again, we know this jealousy has nothing to do with mundane jealousy. It has only to do with Shirada's desperate uh, thought that we know that Krishna is not receiving the same degree of pleasure that he could receive in Braj. So we are going mad because he's not enjoying as he could here, as he should, as, as we will, will be able to offer ourselves in service to him. So this is a selfless background to all this that externally appears so mundane. So actually, what could say that Shurad is putting the blame on the natural color of the, the bees, yellow hairs, whiskers, thinking that they are tinged with kumkum. One level of interpretation is that. Actually, the bee didn't take any kumkum, but that's their natural color. But Shurad is subjectively, ecstatically projecting everything and anything in connection with her own mood in the moment. So then Vishwanath will, will, the bee will say, according to Sri Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, oh, he start to glorify you, mistress, you are filled with topmost divine love. And my master has sent me to appease your anger, to pacify you. And because in my case of anger, on the way here I drank some flower honey, difficult to reject, was so sweet. So, my whiskers got colored by that pollen. So, according to Vishwanath here, another version will say, okay, the the bumblebee took some pollen, but this has nothing to do with the garland of one lady, Madhura, something that he took on the way to Vrindavan, because the flower was too tempting to reject. And, of course, Virada will reply to that, yeah, 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 something like this. That is true, because lies one by one, take on the appearance of a hundred truths. Therefore, she rather concludes, who will take the words of liars as truths? You are an intoxicated person. You are a liar. Your master, and, and here comes a very interesting point she makes. And you, you can see how she connects everything with Krishna. She cannot think about anything but Krishna, but in the particular context of her ecstatic chastisement. So she says to the bumblebee, according to Vishwanath, to be honest, your master actually remains with the desire to kill a woman after being filled with some scars when he killed Putana when he was just born. Many sections of the Bhagavad Gopis will say this also. Saradudasaye 
साधु जात सात सरसी जो धरा श्री मुसादृश सुरतनाथ ते शुल्क दासिका भारद निकनतो नेहकिम बदा गोपी गीता सेकंड वर्स गोपी विल से इस इस नॉट मर्डर व्हेन दे स्टार्ट टू एनालाइज हाउ दे आर सफरिंग सेपरेशन हाउ कृष्णा लेफ्ट देम एंड सो मेनी अदर थिंग्स आई वांट एंटर इनटू दैट डिटेल बट द पॉइंट इज अ मेनी सेक्शंस वी फाइंड the gopi is referring to krishna as a killer of women hmm? and, and 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 saying if you don't want to receive that reputation you have to come back because all of us all of us will die in separation from you hmm? and interestingly here vishnu invokes this idea krishna in his very first days being born on the prakat lila of course he killed putana as we know so he killed a lady almost after he was born so he, you we know those very first days of your life you acquire very powerful impressions that will form your psychology during the rest of your life mm-hmm. so the shirad is saying this he killed a lady almost after he was born so he received very powerful samskar of killing ladies because of killing putana of course she was a demoness but rather taking all that in the context of her particular subjective experience so he still wants to kill more ladies he it was not enough to only kill one so now he's trying to that we are we are the next one something like this but all this shows her level of to a degree of absorption in krishna everything is in connection with him everything is being seen in the context of her particular prem so she's basically implying this according to vishwanath then let the lord of drunkards madhupati accept all these ladies in madhupur in mathura Mm-hmm. Uh, since both they take shelter in the word Madhu, mm-hmm. Krishna's Madhupati and the ladies uh, Madhu, Madhupuri Basis, both are taking shelter in the word Madhu, which is liquor. All of them are intoxicated fellows, mm-hmm. and you, who are Madhupa, Bumblebee, you can also be his servant there because you have that word Madhu in your name somehow or other. You are Madhupa or Madhusudan, whatever. The word Madhu is present there. So you all can all become happy in associating with each other with people of similar quality. We know that drunks, one wine makers, cheaters generally make each other happy. So all of you are of the same breed, of the same species. So you can associate amongst your swajatiya sangha. <laughs> And, and the fact, Sirada implies, according to Vishwan, the fact that you have come to praise me or to pacify me, while I'm in a state of anger now, without even washing your whiskers, that shows you are without any judgment whatsoever. You drink some liquor, you came intoxicated because if not, you have realized, oh my God, no, my whiskers are showing the proof of the crime. If you. <laughs> any intelligent person will understand that if seeing you in that particular condition will only increase my anger i mean you are coming with this kumkum from other lady you are not decreasing my anger you are not pacifying you are doing exactly the opposite so she rather is criticizing the bumblebee and laughing in in that criticism ecstatic criticism and saying therefore you proud bumblebee do not touch me at all or if you touch me again do not do so with your whiskers i don't want to have any single contact with that particular reality if you will hmm? so the bee continued to hum hmm? and rather thought okay it's still it's again speaking the, the bee is trying to say something else 
So again, she refers to the bee Madhupa, which again means, it could mean Madhupalaka. Palaka means protector, like Gopa, Madhupa, protector of the liquor. So you go to Mathura, you protect the liquor to be drunk by your master, drink it yourself, get all of you together intoxicated. That will be a good business, good engagement for you. Uh, because you are totally unsuitable to be a messenger. I mean, you're so stupid, basically. Sura is saying to the bumblebee. And again, all this is falling onto Udav's back. This Shastra bit being totally bewildering brush. You are totally stupid. You don't you are not a good messenger. You just go back to Matura and get drunk there forever. So she's implying all this. You are an animal to begin with. Or not even an animal. You are an animal and a half because of how many legs you have, she implies. Humans have two legs, generally. <laughs> And most of them are considerably stupid, basically. Animals have most of them four legs, and all of them are stupid. And you got six legs, you are a bee, and you are super stupid, totally dumb. So, how can you be a messenger? What do you know about Krishna? Huh? You want to tell us something about Krishna? We know what is he like. <laughs> hmm? So in this way, the, the bumblebee remained there humming. It's not leaving. It's starting to fly around. So according to Vishwanath's vision, the bumblebee seemed to be saying, Okay, I see you are finding many faults. So why should I hear all these words? I'm going to Mathura. Let Krishna himself come and make you happy. It seems me as a messenger do not have anything to do here. So then Shirada will reply with the last line of this verse. When she says, Yes, yes, your master is now there in Mathura. He's sitting there as the king of the Yadus. He's Madhupati. Hmm? So again, this word Madhupati carries lots of sarcasm. Because it sounds like a praise, the lord of the Yadus, the lord of Mathura. But rather is implying with this, he's a cowherd actually. He's born to the queen of Braj, Brajeshwari, Sri Yashoda. And by some good fortune, who knows which Sukriti was there, he became a Kshatriya in the great city. Hmm? So let be there, let him give happiness to those ladies there who regard him as a Kshatriya. Hmm? But for us, all these gopis, for him, all these gopis mean, no, mean nothing to him now. Now he's surrounded by, again, hmm, aristocratic ladies from the big city. So again, he uses the word manininam, those women in Mathura who regard, regard him as a Kshatriya. So with this, Sirada in plural indicates unlimited number of ladies in Mathura. So many ladies that he should enjoy with. Hmm? But the point is, as we mentioned before, when he satisfies one of them, other lady will become angry with him. So when he goes and runs to satisfy that lady, the other one will become angry. In this way, he will have to continuously satisfy one of them after, one each after another. He will have no opportunity to come to see us at all. Hmm? Hmm? And according to Vishwanachirada concludes here saying, ah, oh, because... This, these relationships are based on city ways. They end in vulgar conduct. All these people in the city, they seem too sophisticated, but actually they do not have the nobility and integrity that people in the countryside, weak our people have. So, according to Vishwanath, the bumblebee seemed to reply to Shirada here, saying, like, you are an ocean of good fortune for Krishna. So you should not speak like him, like this, to him. Because 
here is my proof, the bumblebee say. If he doesn't care for you at all, why will he send me here as a messenger? So again, it doesn't mean that necessarily the bee is a messenger. We can take it on some level, but Bishmanat is, is revealing how Rad is listening, what Rad is seeing and hearing and so on. So Rad answered here to the bumblebee, because again, bumblebee give, gave this argument, this purvapaksha. He sent me as a messenger, that's a proof of his love. So Rada said, you are his servant, and you are carrying the clues of his love affair. Again, your whiskers, the kumkum. And he, by exhibiting those clues, will be scorned in the assembly of the jadus. This is the last part of the verse. When all this news of Krishna's transgressions with so many ladies, the yadu woman here and there became known, all their, their husbands and all the men in, in, in Mathura will throw abuse on him. And the, fact, and the sending of a messenger like you, which carries all these clues of his illicit sudura char, his illicit loving affairs, I mean, for doing that, he must be certainly so intoxicated. And that's why he's, I call him Madhupati, the master of liquor. He, he's out of his mind totally. Now you are following his footstep for sure. You are his friend and that's why you became his messenger. You are representing an intoxicated fellow. The two of you have similar colors. The two of you are black and yellow. You know Krishna's sham but also wears pitambar, yellow cloth. So the bumblebee is black and yellow. So Shirad again is connecting everything in this in this absorption. And you are Madhupa. He's Madhupati. You almost have the same name. You have the same color, you have the same name, you have the same nature. I mean, I almost do not see any difference whatsoever between the two of you. Your actions are similar because generally drunkards and cheaters are, are friends. So, you are a drunkard, he's a cheater. Or we could say the opposite, you are a cheater, he's a drunkard. Or you are the two things. And <laughs> So, again, on one side, he's... Glor apparently glorifying Krishna and his Madhupati, he has great power, but also when even if we want to take the word Madhupati, he's so powerful now, that will mean what use does he have for us now? He's a great person, he's an important guy, a mature. So in this way, Shirada concludes saying to the bumblebee, and you, Brahmar, you bumblebee, you are nourishing yourself of, of how, in how Krishna is treating us. Hmm? bringing all these clues of his illicit loving affairs, and you say that you are trying to pacify me. And even if the bumblebee will retort, no, 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 Krishna doesn't have any other lovers in Mathura. Radha has so many things to say that we are seeing here. Radha is showing how her love is so powerful that she herself can chastise God. Again, this is unheard of in most traditions. We, we, we won't hear Someone is chastising God, as Sri is doing in this unique section called the Brahmar Gita. So this particular first verse, Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur finishes his purport and, and defining which type of Chitrajalpa is this one. So Vishwanath will say that all the words used in this verse arise, of course, from the emotions experienced by Radha. And that will apply to all the remaining verses. So he, he defines, for example, the word cheater, 
one that she uses in connection to Krishna arises from her indignation, called asuya, cheater. The word co-wife or maninina, referring to referring to another woman, arises from irsia or jealousy. When she says, "Do not touch my feet," arises from mada or pride. When she rather says, "Let him deliver to them this and that," come from the desire to disrespect, called abadiran. And when Shirada says he will be scorned in the assembly of the Jatus, this arises, arises from the urge, Vishwanath says, to spit out harsh words. <laughs> so all this combined constitute the type of Chitra Jalpa called Prajalpa. Hmm? Prajalpa means is referred as to spit out rude words towards the beloved with expressions of disrespect indignation, jealousy, and pride. That's called prajalpa. So that's a unique form of the ten forms of chitrajalpa, of mad emotional talks. So again, we use the word prajalpa in our role as sadakas, and we are advised to avoid, to avoid that, as Mahaprabhu recommended. Raghunadas, Ramyakatana, Sunibhik, Ramyabhartanaka. Do not speak that, do not hear that. Here we are hearing Prajalpa, but this is a unique type of Prajalpa. <laughs> this is not the Prajalpa that we are advised, advised to avoid, but we are advised to embrace properly. So it's, an, it's a way of ecstatic talk. So again, including this element, disrespect, indignation, jealousy, and pride. Again, all of these unbecoming elements for the life of a sadhaka in our experience as Jivas. but when we reach Braj, we will realize full circle, all this is found there again in its most organic, natural and perfect form with Krishna in the center, with Prem in the center. So this is the first of ten types of Chitra Jalpa called, again, Prajalpa. Sanatan Goswami in his own commentary, while beginning his commentary actually to this verse, he says that this Jalpa of Shirada, this conversation of Radha, which produces intense sweetness by waves of deep hatred. Again, it may sound contradictory how something can produce intensiveness <laughs> by waves of deep hatred, pride, disrespect, and joking from abundant sweetness of Mahabhav, because there is Mahabhav, there is sweetness, which ignored all rules when she saw the messenger of Krishna, can be understood by some persons. Hmm? This Jalpa of Shirada can be understood by some. Again, it's not easy. These statements are not always grammatically correct because of her state of unmad in Mahabhav. But this becomes a good quality and somehow becomes suitable and pleases the devotees. So we will also find in some of these sections of uh, Brahma Gita some grammatical irregularity which actually speak, become an ornament, some form of alankar, some form of ornament because it speaks of, on the emotional state like when Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita speaks in some of the verses, especially when Krishna shows the Vishwarup, universal form, Krishna, Arjuna will speak some verses that may have some extra syllables, which may constitute the fault, the grammatical defect. But since they illustrate or depict Arjuna's emotional state, they are considered an ornament. So similarly, and even more, here we will find some of the things in the context of Radha speaking to the bumblebee. 
So this is not easy talk. Jiva Goswami mentioned something similar in his commentary. He said, without mercy, how can one understand the meaning of the words of Radha, whose heart was absorbed in Krishna and whose words arose from her innate Prem? So she's Ragatmika, she's made of Prem from forever, from time without beginning, the very ultimate personification of Prem, in the topmost zenith of Prem, so it must be quite esoteric, for sure. Especially if we do not have Prem, if we are not crazy like them, if you will, and fully speak and understand and inhabit those concepts, those words. So mercy is required, excessive mercy is required. So that's what we have to pray for. And that's why we are trying to go through these verses, through the commentaries of the Goswamis and our Purvacharyas, as a way of praying to their lotus feet, the dust feet, for mercy, and trying to grasp, at least to be sprinkled with one little mm, drop of meaning, of content, of all the implications of these words of Radha. So you can imagine at this point Uddhava's face. Mm, well, hearing this only first birth. Remember, this is his first morning in Braj. <laughs> his first night was spent with Nandan Jasoda, full immersed in Krishna Kata, and totally bewildered about how, what to do, how to appease them. And now next morning, he's having immediately this Brahma Gita. And Shirad is chastising Krishna, chastising the bumblebee, and chastising Uddhava in that connection. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, realizing this is not ordinary talk. This is the topmost level of praise. This is that which captures Krishna the most, actually. This is say that the, the, the chastisement, the, the village talk of Raj, that captures Krishna's mind more than any other recitation. Krishna says that through the pen of Krishna Das in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Priya yadi manakari karaye bhartsan vidastuti haiti hare sei moraman. He will say, if my beloved consort, Shirada, reproaches me in a sulky mood or whatever mood she may be in, that reproach, that chastisement steals my mind from the reverent hymns of the Vedas. All the Vedas personified may be praying to me. I have no ear for that when Shirada is calling me. So this Brahma Gita is officially, if you will, Shirada is calling to Sri Krishna in divine separation. So again, please remember this point my Guru Maharaj mentioned this yesterday. Mundane separation may seem unbecoming, undesirable, non, non-sweet, but it's the opposite around. The astonishing qualities of divine love is that it seems something on the outside, it's something else on the inside. So, Vipralamba, or divine separation, it seems similar to mundane separation. But also it differs in, in very crucial aspects. I won't enter into the details now. We have already done that and we will continue doing so. But some brief words just before finishing. But in mundane separation, one of the big main difference in mundane separation between lover and beloved, separation is painful because why? Because I have some selfish interest to be fulfilled, some sensual interest to be fulfilled and the other person is an instrumental is an instrument for me to achieve that separate sense. Mm. So it's painful from day one. It's anxiety because I want something without being centered in reality. And in a higher sense, mundane union is also painful mm. because it may gratify your sensual interest for a while, mm. but it's not really, it's not permanent. 
and is not touching the soul. It has nothing to do with spirit, with consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in, in this material union, actually, the soul is sleeping deeply. <laughs> so in consideration of these two phases of mundane union and separation, we could say that mundane separation may have a greater absolute value than union. Because if mundane separation endures, as sometimes it happens in the world, in this world, it sometimes gives, gives place to detachment. Mm-hmm. And when you are detached, as we know, you start to think, more introspectively, about the inevitable results of mundane love, the temporariness over here, here today, gone tomorrow, as the Gurmaras will say. So that's on one level, mundane union and separation, painful there, pain there. And as we move from this wave of union and separation in this world, of mundane love, we can reach peace on in between level, the calm ocean of spiritual and philosophical contemplation, introspection, detachment. So we would say, okay, that's more desirable. Then the soul starts to come to the surface, come to life. But here, in Raj, again, we, the gopis, Surat in particular, make full circle. And again, it seems lamentation and emotions and here and ups and downs, but all that in the context of Lila under the auspices of Prem. That's another type of moment altogether. Mm-hmm. So this is a very important section that we will be continue for sure studying the following weeks. Mahaprabhu himself, it is described in the Antialila, Chaitanya Charitamrita, the last part, he when he was speaking in the very almost the, the penultimate chapter of Antialila, it's describing the mad talks of Mahaprabhu. Mm-hmm. So and, and Krishna Das Kaviras in relation to that, because he there he's speaking in the mood of Radha, is in separation from Krishna. And he says one who hears this type of conversation should not put forward mundane arguments. Tarko Pratishtana, do not go with your head there, trying to understand that in a logical way. Try to hear this with full faith. Mm? Trying to have Shastriya Radha under the proper guidance, proper shelter. Mm? And, of course, Krishna Das Kaviras will say the main evidence of the mad talks of Mahaprabhu is when he speaks in the mood of Radha as she spoke in the Brahma Gita, this song of the bumblebee, when she spoke insanely in ecstatic love for Sri Hari. So, also asking for the blessings of Sriman Mahaprabhu, our Istadev, the Gaudiya Sampradaya, our Goswamis, Purvacharyas, who have commented in this section, and everyone else we... We'll close this section, this session today. Uh, but of course, if there is some, there are any questions you may have, I'm now allowing the participants to unmute yourself. As you know, um, mainly we receive the questions. Can you turn off the microphone, Mahar, please? We mainly receive the questions in the Tatwa Vivek Facebook group for those who are part of the group have Facebook. So... They are more than welcome there, but as usual also, if you are not present in this group, you can present any questions here. So I think Mahara is someone who will present some question now. Well, I just wanted to say that it was really amazing. To, it was just an amazing uh, class. So thank you for that. And... Um, also, I really appreciated the part where 
you said that the Gopis were saying, or you mentioned that they're only thinking like this because they, about the women in Mathura, because they know that they can't satisfy Krishna as much as they can. And I really love that. And also the part where, you know, we really need to pray for mercy in order to understand this. So, yeah, yeah everything was really, really wonderful. Okay. Thank you. So, thank you so much. Something else before finishing? Yes, Amkar. I'm just curious how are, are all our beloved preceptors, such as Vishwanath Chakravarti, how do they find such nuanced understanding behind this type of jalpa? And you mentioned the whiskers um, touching Radharani's feet. How do they know it's, this is like type of the Right, or what did you mention? It was like such a fine nuance. It, it's difficult for me to understand. Of course, I'm not trying even. But mm. is this just some kind of a something that gets revealed to to Paramahamsas like this, or how does it work? Mm. Does this question make sense? Mm. Well, uh, to begin with, of course, we should say that personalities like them are participants of, of the lila. So they are not only like passive witnesses that heard about that and, um, and they are trying to think about that from an intellectual point of view. That's not happening. Of course, their intellect is fully operative under the auspices of Sarup Shakti. But the point is that someone like Vishwanatha Gavarti Thakur, like Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, etc., we consider them they are manjaris in the Lila, so they have direct first-hand experience of what's going on there to begin with because that's an important point to establish they are considered nitya siddhas so they are made of love of krishna they they every atom of them is pervaded with that particular reality so intuitively if you will i mean there's no need for calculation whatsoever everything perfectly fits and works according to the necessity and the dynamics of the lila because of their own constitution their own like, existential position as need to see this, eternal members, participants of the Lila. So naturally, they are absolutely in tune with whatever is happening there. You know? I mean, so I will say that to begin with. Of course, they appear in this world as sadakas in the context of Gorlila and show certain examples that we can follow. That's another thing, but it's important to bear in mind, okay, Rupa Goswami is writing... Sanatana Goswami is writing on this, but who are they in the Lila that they are writing about? They have a role to play there eternally. Rupa Manjari, Lavanga Manjari, and so on. So that's on one side. And we and I emphasize this because also we could say in a more relative way, we could say, for example, I don't know, Rupa Goswami uh, depicted, described all this in detail in books like Bhaktara Samrita Sindhu and Ujmal Nilamani, all different components and ingredients of every particular nuanced ecstatic expression and the different possibilities of these different ways and forms of com conversation and each... Com and one may say, well, he took all this from mm, from Natya Shastra of Bharat. Now, there are some Indian, old, older Indian books on aesthetics, some academics especially will say in that connection, in, in a chronological order, you will see Obarat's books, 
Bharat Muni's books, Natyashastra is older than Rupa Goswami's, and you can see that very clearly he took some ideas from his notion of aesthetics and different rasas and so on, and he expressed them in the context of Bhakti Rasa. But of course, in our subjective Gaudiya perspective, we'll say no, Rupa Goswami is eternally Rupa Manjari and Rupa Goswami. And he may have seemed to be taking some of those elements in the context of a chronological development of some idea that was before presented by someone else, but those realities exist eternally and they participate in those realities eternally. So, yeah, now in, in, in the context of the earthly Lila, they are putting that in a written form, in the context of certain language and of the times and so on, but I mean, it's not that they are depending on that. So, for us, it's not that they are taking that from somewhere else, but that's already in them for eternity. So, I think that's a... It sounds simple, but <clears throat> the very fact that they are Nityasiddhas means that they are Anuragatmikas, they are composed, they are not Tatasta Shakti, they are Swarup Shakti Jivas. <clears throat> or Swarup Shakti Ragatmikas, I will say, even the term Jivas is not so accurate in this sense. So they are made of love of Krishna. So the point is, all these points, all this information that we may take as information, <clears throat> as outsiders, if you will, uh, it's part of their own emotional makeup. It's part of their own existential constitution. It's not something separate from who they are. So all the things naturally revealed to them, either we can call it samadhi, if you want to use that term. I mean, of course, if you are a person like Rupa and Sanatan, for sure, you can enter into samadhi and, and have immediate apperception, connection of the flow and dynamics of the lila. And being a participant there, you can really be able to depict and describe all the different emotions and how they combine and how they correspond to this particular expression or the other. And again, all this is, in great part, these descriptions they are making as sadakas are for our benefit. It's not that the, the Nitya Brajavasis in Golok need to know the ten types of Chitra Jalpa and they won't be speaking those terms among themselves. Hmm. But the point is, <laughs> they are living that. We, 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 we start to hear about that, to know about that, to get it, to grasp, to try to grasp about that reality in theory. Hmm. And, and that's important to, to really appreciate in theory these things. It's a very powerful thing altogether. What to speak of entering there. The other day I was hearing one lecture from Satyanarandas Pavaj and he mentioned something that I agree with. I think Shamananda said that idea with me some time ago as well. That even if we properly understand in theory Prem, what's Prem about in theory, if we properly understand it, that will throw calm last away from our lives altogether. So in other words, the idea is the fact that we still may have lust means that we have not yet maybe grasped the very theory of Prem. So what to speak of entering there and being an inhabitant of the land of Prem. So the, again, that's the very idea of this series of lectures as well, because someone may ask, what's the meaning of, for me, who I am to be hearing about the topmost level of madness of Radha and all these different nuances of crazy talks? What's the connection of my present situation? <laughs> We are crazy in another sense. <laughs> we are speaking another type of prajalpa and so on. But again, if we start to appreciate on some level the glory of this, even in theory, that's so powerful, so powerful. 
and that can affect our particular situation as sadhakas. And that's why the Goswamis have commented on this section and have entered into so much detail about all this new and thing, not to just become like, like obsessioned with memorizing the names and the classifications and, 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 and now I'm very advanced and become proud in that connection, nothing like that. But actually to become, that's a humbling experience. I hope you are experiencing that. I mean, such a level of description and detailed description and compassion because that's for our sake and penetration into transcendence, how much they are participants into that realm. And all that is coming to us through the medium of parampara. So, I mean, we are so fortunate. The, the last question that will come to our minds, as Guru Maharaj will say, Kinkara, what, what should I do? How can I serve? That's the only question we'll have <laughs> when we realize that. So, some ideas, I hope that helps, but thank you for your question. <clears throat> okay, so I think... Maharaj? Yes. A quick note, if I might, um, on what you just what you were just addressing. Why? What business do we have hearing these things? Mm. Yeah, Maharaj. And it re uh, that reminded me of a, a podcast you referred us to a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I, gosh, I don't remember who was. The guy's name was Tim Kenty Tamal Krishna. Mm -hmm. Who? Who? Uh, oh, Ananda Murari. Ananda Murari and Kaylee uh, Kanana were in, uh, were in conversation with him. And a big takeaway from <clears throat> from um, what Tamal Krishna had to say was that these are alchemical exercises. Mm. <clears throat> that by exposing ourselves to these, I mean, it should break down our ego. And um, as I've sometimes put it, just break our hearts right open so that we can... So, you know, by by hearing these things, it should, there should be some sort of transformation going on in our heart. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's for me, that's a good enough reason um, to hear. Yeah, yeah, Marish. thank you. Yeah, this is what reminds me what sometimes I say when we speak about what Sadhu Sangha is in itself, which we could say again, it's, we could speak again in terms of alchemy, exposing ourselves to a particular influence that may be way above our heads. And the very fact of getting closer to that person doesn't mean that I will be experiencing what that sadhu is experiencing, but I will have an experience of being closer to that person who is having a particular experience. Now, if I'm getting closer to someone who loves, it doesn't mean that I will start to love immediately, but I will have an experience that will be moving enough to move my heart, as you mentioned, to open tear apart of my chest and trying to get closer to what that person's experience is about actually, ultimately. So I think this is similar. We are having darshan of not only people who love Krishna, but people who are made of love of Krishna, which is another level, if you will. <laughs> they love Krishna, but they are, they are love of Krishna. So to hear about their life, and of course the Bhagavatam is a recount of so much of that, it's again, as you mentioned, and as Tamal Krishna said, it's an alchemy exposition and exercise with we start to to modify, to acquire some scars, to alter our sense of identity, to, to, to go through some crushing, ego-crushing experience, as you say. And and yes, it's humbling and, and, and maybe we are not experiencing what the Brajagopis are experiencing for sure, but as you mentioned, it's enough to get a glimpse, get some type of experience 
by hearing about their experience through the experience of those who are eternal associates of them, like Rupa, Sanatan, Jiva, Vishwanath. So yeah, it, it's important, and I appreciate your comment, Maharaj. Thank you because I think it's it's very important for us as, as sadhakas to to bear that in mind every time we are facing something that we may feel this is too high, and, and for sure it may be too high, and and in in, in some form of humility we'll say <clears throat> I will take distance from this. I'm too low from this for this. <clears throat> but a higher degree of humility will say no. To remain in, under this influence is humbling enough to 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 to, to increase my hunkering, my desire to, to pursue this particular goal. So I need to expose myself to this type of, of conversation. So, so yeah, it's important to bear, to bear this in mind because so much, I mean, every single element of Krishna consciousness <laughs> is totally higher than our, what we are made of. Sri Maharaj will say that. I mean, we, we are projecting ourselves to a land that is made of something Composed of the material that is higher than our own constitution as the Tasta Shakti. So, how to approach that without being too overwhelmed to escape from that? <laughs> so, we need to know how to do that and, and understand our Tasta disposition also lends itself to be influenced by that particular influence of Bhakti, Swarup Shakti, and create the whole identity out of that. So, so we do not feel, my point is, we do not feel too overwhelmed. I'm feeling this is too high, I'm in too low, this is enough, I won't read this again back. No, no. Understand why we should do that and how something is happening. Something is happening. <laughs> and, and, and understand why this is happening, how it should be happening, and yeah, remain in this diving prakriti masrita, you know, in this shelter of, of the divine energy. Here we have the divine energy personified, Parashakti personified, Sri Radha sharing her discourse, so we should be really very willing to to let ourselves receive some sprinkling hmm, bhakti samskar from from such a such a kata. So thank you so much for for your contribution, Maharaj. Okay, so I think it's we are we have spoken already almost one hour and a half. So we will leave here, offering our pranam to the Braja Gopikas. Who, and Sri Radha in particular in this case, who are presenting this uh, great conversation by invoking this famous Pranam Mantra. It is the very last mantra that Uddhav recited before leaving Braj. After witnessing all the things, we will be invoking this mantra at the end of every single lecture. When he says, I perpetually put my head as part to receive the dust from the feet of the Braj because whose kirtan, whose kata, has the power of purifying all the three worlds. So we are here in one of those three, <laughs> hoping to be purified by the contact, by the sprinkling, by the food dust of the Harikata of the Brajagopigas. Bandinanda Brajastrinam Padarinu Nabikshnasajasam Harikatod Gitam Punati Bhuvanapriyam. Srila Gurudev Ki Jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Grantara Srimad Bhagavatan Ki Jai, Sri Brahmar Gita Ki Jai, Gaur Bhaktavrind Ki Jai. Gaur Priman Haribo